I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our lesson is from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. It was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Another person had jumped from the bridge and committed suicide, taken their own life. She decided she had to do something to let those people know how much they were cared for, how much they were loved. So Paige 
took it upon herself to write letters, and she placed the letters along the rail of the bridge on both sides, not knowing whether people would pick those up and read them or look at them or use them. It wasn't long, few months later, the police knocked at Paige's door and said, Paige, we would like to honor you for saving six lives. Those are the ones that we know about. But people have picked up your letters of love and encouragement when they go to that place on the bridge in a very, very, very dark time in their life. And your words of encouragement made a difference. It saved their lives. There were middle school students just last year in August of 2018. They had ended the school year before in kind of a bad place at a school because bullying was at an all-time high. And morale of the school had just plummeted. So the students took upon them, themselves, one of the eighth grade girls organized a team of students and they put encouraging words and post-its all over the school before the first day of school even started. They put them on bathroom mirrors. They put them on each of the lockers. They put them in the classrooms. They put them wherever the students would be throughout the day. Administrators recorded it at the end of school. There were no noticeable incidents of bullying the entire year. Their words of encouragement changed hearts. There was a man who he was a very big, prominent-looking man, very big in stature. And he had this booming voice. In fact, he was kind of that pound-the-pulpit pound the kind of speaker. He demanded your attention. Now, if you were going to give this man kind of a nickname, you would go with all kinds of different things, maybe call him Sarge, or maybe call him Hulk, or maybe even Thunder after his voice. But no, the followers of Jesus Christ called him the Encourager. His name was Joseph. He was a Levite. He lived in Cyprus. He worked in Jerusalem. That's where Levites worked. They worked in the temple in Jerusalem. So he did a lot of traveling. And Joseph became known to the disciples when he became a Christian. Left his role in the temple to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And they changed his name. They called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He not only used his words to impact 
people's lives, but he did so much more. This verse that we have in Acts 4, the very first mention that we have of Barnabas in this book of Acts, Barnabas is selling a piece of property and giving it to the community of faith, to the poor and needy. Now that doesn't sound like anything so impossible or so outstanding because it tells us in the beginning of that verse, that reading that we shared together, that everybody was doing that. They were selling off their property, but this was unique for Barnabas. You see, others had inherited property. Way back in Old Testament times, there were the 12 tribes of Israel. And those 12 tribes were assigned different areas in what we know as Israel today or the Holy Land. And in those areas, they were given property. Each of the families were distributed property. So property was inherited from one generation to the next. It had been in a family a long time. So selling property was a big deal for anyone. But every tribe received property except the Levites. The Levites had none. It wasn't until just before Jesus' time that anybody begins selling their property. I mean, we hear that in the story of the Good Samaritan where the father sold off property in order to give his son his inheritance. It wasn't until just a recent time, and Barnabas's family, Joseph's family, had purchased some property, brand new to them. Can you imagine if you've never owned anything in your life, and all of a sudden you have a cherished plot of land? That's what Barnabas sold. That's what he gave to others. Barnabas sacrificed something very important to him and his family, something very tangible. In fact, in the book, um, Balancing the Christian Life, Charles Ray tells us about uh, balancing this, this giving things tangibly. And he says, when you give something tangible, it's the most powerful encouragement you can give to another. Goes on to say that it's giving without any strings attached, giving without expecting anything in return. Powerful encouragement. Jesus told us in Matthew 6, part of his famous Sermon on the Mount, that where your heart is, there your treasure is also. It's about putting others as a priority over anything else. That's one of the characteristics of a true encourager. Putting others as a priority in your own life. And one of the most powerful things to offer encouragement, this scripture tells us, is to give something tangible to give them something that they need. 
instead of just words. However, Barnabas did give his words as well. We read later in the book of Acts in chapter 9, Paul had gone through his road to Damascus experience where he began that experience as Saul, a persecutor of Christians. In fact, early in that very same chapter, in chapter 9 of Acts, we hear that Paul was breathing threats to the Christians. It was coming from the inside of him. The core of him hated the Christians. They were causing trouble. They were defying the laws of Moses. They needed to be stopped. This very same Saul had the Damascus experience where he met Jesus Christ. It transformed him, and now his name was changed to Paul. And he wanted to begin his ministry. Christians were a little apprehensive of Paul. <laughs> little leery of Paul. Maybe this is just a way for this, sh this man that w wanted so much evil for Christians to kind of sneak behind the door and then get him. They didn't trust Paul. And it was Barnabas, we are told in chapter 9, who went to Paul and took him to Jerusalem where he could move about freely. Meaning, when Barnabas spoke for Paul, offered words of encouragement to Paul to say, come on, just come with me, it's okay, I'm not going to take you out in the hills and, and demolish you, get rid of you. It's okay to come with me. You've got a story to tell and other Christians need to hear it. Come with me to Jerusalem. Share your story. And when he got to Jerusalem, he offered words of encouragement to the other Christians. And sure enough, Paul was accepted in the month that he could move about them freely without them being afraid of him and him being afraid of them. And Paul's ministry began because Barnabas offered both sides words of encouragement. He could look beyond someone else's past. The gentleman who began the powerful prison fellowship ministry his name is Chuck Colson, and Chuck tells his story and how important encouragement was. He was a person who was a very shadowy figure, a very more than shadowy. He was known as the hatchet man. He was prominent in politics during the Nixon era, and he was jailed for the harm that he had caused and the lies that he had told, and the people that he had manipulated. And after he had served jail time, during the time in jail, he had discovered Christianity and accepted Jesus Christ, wanted to start this prison ministry to reach others on the inside of incarceration, on the inside of jail, 
so their lives too could be changed. And yet he was a felon. Who was going to listen to a felon? And it took one person to encourage him to step out and say, this man's life has changed. Listen to what he has to say. And prison fellowship exists, and it changed hearts and lives yet today. We have a way to look beyond the past, just as Barnabas did. And thank goodness Barnabas did in the case of Paul. You see, if not, half of our New Testament would not have been written. Churches would not have been established around the world. We wouldn't necessarily be sitting here today if it wasn't for Paul traveling beyond the world of Christianity, the core of it that had begun in Jerusalem. And it's because of Barnabas' encouragement. Scripture initially, and when it talks about Barnabas and Paul traveling together, it lists them as Barnabas and Paul. Then, Shortly after Paul's ministry began, it changes in Scripture, and it becomes Paul and Barnabas. There was no envy. There was no jealousy. You see, a true heart of an encourager like Barnabas, like hopefully you and I can celebrate when someone else is growing is successful, is doing what God had called them to do, we could celebrate with them. The perfect place in life for a servant leader, someone like Barnabas. And then we hear in Acts chapter uh, 11, also accepting people right where they are, not looking at their past, not looking at where they've come, taking away and dropping down all discrimination, Barnabas went to Antioch. There were no Jews in Antioch. There were Greeks, Gentiles, pagans. He began to minister to them as well. That had been unheard of up until this point. You had to be a Jew to be a Christian. And Barnabas broke down the walls. And he went back to Jerusalem and he said, Look, we have other new Christians, people who believe in Jesus Christ was because his word of encouragement changed their lives too. It opened a door for them that they hadn't had before. And then in chapter 15, an encourager is about second chances. You see, Barnabas was this encourager that offered second chances, and the person that's named in chapter 15 of Acts 
is John Mark, or we know him as Mark. He had been with Barnabas and Paul on their first missionary journey. The first time they had stepped out together to establish churches and places that had never heard about Jesus Christ before. They journeyed by ship it was so far. They couldn't take the time to to walk all those hundreds and hundreds of miles. But Mark ran away. He deserted them. At Pamphylia, we are told, he disappeared. He left them. He was afraid. They were people that hadn't heard about Jesus Christ and there were a lot of questions and probably some anger, some animosity. Who are you to come into our country and tell us how to live? And so Mark disappeared. He deserted them. He went back to Jerusalem. They're getting ready for their second missionary journey. Now it's Paul and Barnabas. Yet, Barnabas says, all right, let's let's get Mark to go with us. This young man, he needs to learn how to share his faith with others. And Paul says, absolutely no way. The argument was so adamant between both of them. Barnabas, the encourager, giving Mark a second chance and Paul saying no he deserted us he doesn't deserve to go with us so Paul left with Silas and Barnabas took Mark with him they split ways and we praise God that Barnabas had given Mark that opportunity and encouraged him in his faith development because Mark is the author of our gospel according to Mark. The very first of the four gospels to be written comes from Mark. An encourager is someone who puts others first. who offers them words of encouragement, acts of encouragement, support in ways that they can become stronger in who God has called them to be. Acts of encouragement. The first 15 chapters of this book of Acts, written by the author of our Luke Gospel, Luke thought encouragement was so important that the 15 chapters that begin that book tell us this book of Acts that tell us about this beginning of the church, what it's to look like and who we are to be as Christians as we begin to gather together and worship together. He thought it was so important to tell us about the impact of encouragement, that he took 15 chapters to do it. And naming it as Barnabas, showing it through Barnabas's life. Oh, Barnabas makes a mistake. He falls in Jerusalem, and when there's so much opposition to the Gentiles becoming Christians, 
he kind of says, oh, maybe not. Maybe they shouldn't for a moment. We're not expected to be perfect at this. There is grace for us too. But we are called to be encouragers. It makes a difference in life. There's a man that was known as the Picasso of lighting. The maestro of lighting was another term that was used for him. Those terms, those names were given to him at his funeral. Actually, he earned those names long before that. But his funeral, October 1, 2013, and before that, he had created all the background lighting to show our presidents from Dwight D. Eisenhower to Bill Clinton in the best light possible, literally. He was a light designer. He also did lighting for stage productions for Frank Sinatra, Neil Diamond, Barbara Streisand, appearances by Muhammad Ali. He did TV commercials, the special lighting used in TV commercials. He also did all of the lighting, the special effects at the Epcot Center, at Disney's Epcot Center. But he told a story throughout his career about the encouragement he received as a high school student. You see, in high school, he was planning to become a designer of light. Probably in stage productions, that's where light design was most prominent at that time. Obviously, his career took him many, many other places. But in high school, that's what he was planning to study. And a senior in high school, he was walking along the road one day and found what he thought was an empty bullet shell casing. And he thought it was so interesting that he was going to make a keychain out of it. And so he took it home and he put the soldering gun to it, the soldering iron to the shell casing he thought was empty. It exploded under the heat and he lost an eye. And in the hospital, one of his teachers that had been working with him and had inspired him for his career choice in light design came into his hospital room and he said, Emiro, you are going to be the best one-eyed light designer there's ever been. And that young man held on to those words of encouragement throughout his entire career. So how can we be encouragers? What can we do? I am so glad you asked. There is in your bulletin, on one of the inside panels, there is a list of encouraging actions. 
this is by no means exclusive. But they are suggestions to get us started, to make us aware of who we are called to be. Because we too are called to be Barnabas. Sons and daughters of encouragement. Helping others to save lives, to change hearts, to make an impact for good and for God. Amen.